What did the southern web developer say when he found out his web team had stopped using version control? Y'all better get. <laughs> everybody's having a fan-freaking-tastic start to their Wednesday. You're listening to Real Time Overview, and I'm your host, Michael Feenan. If you haven't already, be sure to take the time to queue up the last episode of the Drunken UX podcast, Coding 9 to 5. Aaron and I spent an hour and a half, and I apologize for how long that was, but there was a lot of information to cover, and we didn't want to cut any of it out. We covered a lot of stuff about learning materials for web development, how to get a career in this field, and what to look at if you're trying to stay sharp as you need to gain new skills. A lot of good material there. Go check it out. And if you have the time and there's something there that we didn't talk about, be sure to go by our website and leave a comment either on the show notes or run by Facebook or send us something on Twitter, and we'll be sure to share those recommendations to the rest of our listeners. For now, though, let's get started by going over to UX Design. If the world of design has taught us anything, it's that it constantly is in motion and evolving with the needs around it. Gabriel Valdivia explores what the future looks like at UX Collective in his article, Immersive Design, The Next 10 Years of Interfaces. From print to screen to new technologies and mobile devices, design patterns have evolved to address the needs of users in any environment, even the ones that we're creating as we go along. Gabriel posits that the next frontier of the industry lies in augmented and virtual reality as consumers seek more seamless integration between their devices and their lives. Sometimes, this might be highly transparent, like using a recipe you found online to make dinner, but other areas like VR games require very different approaches. From how we view VR and AR to how we interact with it, He looks at the challenges that will face the future of design as we push into this new territory aggressively. His article looks at a number of examples currently in use, from abstracted menu systems to purely skeuomorphic approaches that answer the question of how we build an interface in the interactive world. Don't sell short the importance of this topic to web development either, as we routinely see these patterns migrate between mediums. Think about Google Maps and material design how that influences Android apps, and then crosses the gap into Street View and Google Earth. If you're looking for a nice thought piece for the week, give this one a read. I mentioned that on Monday's episode of the Drunken UX podcast, we focused on learning resources for web development. We picked that topic because working in this industry requires a cycle of learning to take place constantly. To that end, Frank Camaro has a wonderful piece at his blog based on a talk he gave called Everything Easy is Hard Again. See, Frank had built websites for 15 years before taking a break, and he got to talking with a student entering the field, and what he learned was that experience didn't necessarily make him immune to the changes that are constantly happening in our landscape. For instance, have you ever stopped and thought, and I mean really thought, about how we get where we are with layouts? moving from tables with percentages and spacers, to using floats and clears, to flexbox and now CSS grids. Of course, you can miss a step along the way in that line, but it's easy to walk away and come back to a world you don't entirely recognize, 
one where even as an industry veteran you find yourself reviewing tutorials. Frank covers a ton of ground in this article, and I don't want to spoil too much of it. Suffice it to say, this is a long but incredible read that will make you stop more than once to say, me too. The article has been out for a couple months now, so maybe you've seen it, but I bet plenty of folks haven't. This is your don't miss read for the week. And if you like this, there's a follow-up response to Frank's article from Webflow co-founder Vlad Magdalene called In Web Design, Everything Hard Can Be Easy Again. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. I was just listening to the latest episode of the Syntax podcast, Is jQuery Dead?, when I hit Kevin Smith's article. No, not that Kevin Smith. Modern PHP without a framework. They made me think of each other because in the Syntax episode, they cover how to do various common things without needing the entirety of the jQuery framework. In the same way, Smith's tutorial is thinking about the same sort of thing, just with PHP. Smith's tutorial is a great walkthrough and explanation of PHP techniques to help you lighten up your code and work with dependencies. And I'm not going to lie, when I say great walkthrough, this isn't a beginner tutorial, but he does an excellent job of starting you at the beginning and walking through the steps of getting your controller started, combining dependencies, and generating responses, explaining everything along the way. If you're out of practice with PHP and want to brush up, this is a great opportunity to do so, and maybe learn some new techniques to slim down your process. If you need something new to read, Derek Knox's book Coding for Designers is available at codingfordesignersbook.com. The entire six-chapter book is available for free to read online and is a great opportunity for designers to learn more about their developer counterparts without immediately getting bogged down in coding exercises. Since designers won't always exercise their coding skills with much regularity, this approach to the topic may work better for those trying to better understand the concepts that are common to many languages. In the spirit of the subject and Monday's episode on the Drunken UX podcast, there's also a free course on coding for designers available at thegymnasium.com. Link for that will also be in the show notes. Okay, so here's a horse of a different color. We're going to go over to NerdRider on YouTube for this next subject, specifically their video, How Dark Patterns Trick You Online. A lot of the time, we talk about user experience design in the context of how to execute the best way possible for users. We craft personas with goals to accomplish, and we struggle endlessly to remove friction from interfaces. But that's not always the goal. Businesses frequently need to provide access to features that they don't want users to, well, use. They do this because whatever the interaction is, it's bad for them. One example the video uses is closing your account with Amazon or unsubscribing from an email. Alternatively, an experience might be crafted into tricking you to take an action that you don't really intend to, like a game moving you into a purchase funnel on the hopes that you'll take that action. These are dark patterns, and learning about them can be just as important as learning great universal design techniques, because for them to work, you still have to understand the psychology of behavior that makes them work. Dark patterns aren't a new concept, and if you want to learn more, I'll include a link in the show notes to another article at UX Planet that looks at five common dark patterns and some alternatives to them. Fabrizio Tetziera, 
who I apologize to profusely because I have no doubt that I just butchered the pronunciation of that name, warns us to beware euphemisms in his post at UX Collective about the lies we tell ourselves as designers. This particular article is a brief lesson in being upfront with concerns and frustrations, and to not hide them needlessly behind double talk. It looks at some unsurprisingly common statements made in work environments, statements that with a small tweak can apply to far more than just design, and it explores what's really meant when it comes up and what happens afterwards. Fabrizio's goal is to emphasize that we are all adults in a professional setting and we shouldn't feel bad about needing to say plainly what needs said, whether that's to correct ideas that are going in the wrong direction or ensure that timelines are properly maintained. I hope you enjoy these articles for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another fresh crop of articles for all of your web design, web development, user experience, user interface, and whatever other acronyms that you want to throw out me needs. Also, Stay tuned to the Drunken UX Podcast. We'll be coming back in a couple weeks with our next episode. We'll be talking about WordPress Gutenberg and what you need to be looking forward to for that WordPress 5.0 update to make sure that you are considering everything you need to for your plugins and your themes and what it means for your clients or other sites that you build. It's going to be a big topic. There's a lot coming your way, and we've got a special guest joining us for that episode. So stay tuned. I think that you will really enjoy it. If you want to follow us, we are at DrunkenUX on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us either places. You can also stop by our website at DrunkenUX.com. Feel free to leave us a comment on any of our posts. If you have any other materials that you'd like to share, stories or articles that you'd like to see in a future episode of Real Time Overview, let us know. Until next time, keep your personas close and your users closer.